Welcome to Theme Park Paradise. Dallas, we're back to our weekly schedule, even though you tried to kill that and make it just every two weeks, maybe. Yeah, I, I feel like that's going to be a flexible thing, though. Yeah. Sometimes it's going to be a weekly, sometimes uh, we're going to skip a week. It is what it is. I like for this show, that doesn't bother you. For other show, if we're like five minutes <laughs> late, I don't want to go live. Can't have it. Can't have it. Because that show is more like current event based. This week, we're going to be discussing what Universal Studios Florida looked like during its first few years open. Uh, I'll get into my long spiel about why we're doing that when we do it later on in the episode. But first, we're going to get into some theme park news. But actually, before we do that, I want to get into more personal stuff. So I have a few things I want to talk about for my trip that I didn't get to last week. So, do you know about Club Cool at Epcot? I've heard of the name, but I have no idea. I'll have to explain. There's a similar thing at the Coca-Cola World in Atlanta. Oh, this is is this the thing where you try the bunch of different little pop flavors? Yeah. yeah, I've done that. Didn't they get rid of they got rid of it, right? They got rid of it. It's an old location, but they put a new one in when they renovated everything okay. last year, so it opened last year. Um so it's a new location. It's like 10 soda machines and they all have the same eight sodas in it but they're from around the world we went and my boyfriend was like because we went back in january too and we didn't go to it because i just didn't think to and he's like why didn't you tell me about this because it's free pop basically yeah and he was so he was like it's free like it we don't pay for it it's free i'm like yeah it's free it's they're like the little dixie cup glasses though right little dixie cups but you they don't really watch you and i know but so they were all being kind of used, which I feel like in that situation, the polite thing to do is to step to the side when you're not using it and like sipping it. Well, we went to this one. There was this older woman and her like adult daughter, and they were just this with it. Like they didn't let anyone in. They stood there for like five minutes. My boyfriend was getting pissed. <laughs> then my, my boyfriend basically like, shouldered himself into it to try to okay you know get to starting, it starting starting some stuff well, it's, it's ridiculous so eventually they back off but i missed this because i i was they were annoying me i wasn't paying attention to them i was just trying the sodas you know but uh, all of a sudden they weren't there and i'm like oh thank god and then as we were walking away he was like oh yeah did you see that woman get like escorted out of <laughs> Club cool. I was like, what? Apparently, she had taken a water bottle and decided to fill it with one of the pops, like, yeah, literally in front of a worker. And the the cast member was like, uh, "Ma'am, you can't do that. Like, <laughs> you have to leave." <laughs> it's <laughs> like that's so crazy. <laughs> it just made me laugh. Like, yeah, I've only done Club women. Cool. I think I've done it once. So it was either 2018 or I think it's 2018, but I just remember being like a gross little nasty. It was like a bigger open building, but it was just gross and sticky. And yeah, I mean, it's hard for it not to be sticky. Yeah, This one's new, but still, but yeah. So that leads me to one last thing. So while I'm towards the end of my day at Epcot, I get a text from Ryan asking for <laughs> a gift <laughs> from Epcot. So I went 
to the Guardians. I'd already done the coaster, but I went back to the Guardians gift shop uh, and I picked out two magnets. So I'm going to have Ryan pick which one he wants. (laughs) There was two good ones and I also wanted one. So I picked two different ones. Let me go get that. So this first one, there's an old vintage Epcot poster they brought back a couple years ago. And I have it framed in my room. But this magnet is like, it's based on that poster. So I'm not going to pick that one. <laughs> I don't. I like both of them, honestly. <laughs> yeah. I, I basically have <laughs> the poster framed in my room that inspired this magnet. So I don't care. Honestly, I like both of them. My boyfriend likes the other one more, so it doesn't really matter. So it looks like that. But okay. it's the Guardian's building so it's the universe of energy building with that what is that 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 thing is called that spaceship thing in the front i forget what it's called but yes yeah but that has like the cool like 70s colors and oh i know it's so cool the second one is more fun i guess it's groot and rocket and they're riding in the vehicle in the guardians vehicle cosmic rewind coaster so they're both fun I like both of them. Dallas, I can't choose though. You have to choose for me, please. <laughs> um, I don't know. I like. I'm not choosing. You have to. It's your gift. No. And I'm very appreciative, but, but I'm not taking. No. But I like. I'll pick the one. No, you just. Well, fine. I'm taking. I'll pick the, the one you actually want. I'll be able to tell. I'm taking the teal one then. You can have okay. the fruit. Okay. And rocket. I like that they're both based on the ride, though, but it's not like explicit. Yeah, they're like subtly based on the ride. Well, thank you, Dallas. Next time I go to a theme park, I will get you a little trinket. Now, I want to talk about something you did last week. I think you know what it is. You have it highlighted on here. So, yes. (laughs) (laughs) And I just did it. So. My family, we went to Grand Rapids to visit my wife's sister who lives down in Grand Rapids. And they have a Chuck E. Cheese in the area that still has one of the animatronics left of Chuck E. Cheese. But it's the Studio C Alpha build. I think this is like late 90s, early 2000s. So they put him behind. It was supposed to be like a late night inspired. So like behind like a desk type thing. Yeah. And eventually they changed it away. So it's not that, but he's still kind of just ha- only like half of his body showing. <laughs> yes. So he's kind of like a DJ looking thing. Yes. And it, it is cool. Like, and, and all of the video is new stuff. So it's like the new Chucky and characters or whatever playing through the video and music when it works, it still looks good, but 75% of the time, it's just, there's no lights being displayed on it. And it's just not matching the music. It's kind of sad. And it's in the corner. And like it's behind. There's like the group area for big parties that is reserved even if nobody's there. So you can't go there. So you have to walk in front. And it's just kind of a sad area. But he's there. But it it made me happy. But so you said that you thought there was no. I forget what the band is called right now. Um, Chuck E. Cheese band. Munches make believe band or whatever. Yeah. So it does exist. 
really? in some Chuck E. Cheese's in Maryland. I forget where in Maryland they have. There's a the three stage version mm-hmm. still going, and it still runs. It's the 80s, early 90s Chuck E. Cheese stuff. So it's not like the new animatronic one that I saw in the band. This is still all the old characters. They're still going. Whoever's on the drums looks pretty bad. But if you look up, I forget where it's in Maryland, but if you just type Maryland Chuck E. Cheese three stage band, you'll be able to find it. It still it still exists, Dallas. And I think there's like one maybe in Texas that has a two stage. I mean, there's no archive of it is the thing, and Chuck E. Cheese doesn't I don't it, yeah. they're all franchised out, so they don't keep track yeah. of anything. So it's, it's tough because like know. Like for the Studio C Alpha, it looks like what I could find is that it was like 52, I believe, in the United States. And there's like 600-ish Chuck E. Cheese worldwide. I don't know how many United States. Yeah. I'm assuming most of them. So you have like a 10% chance, maybe, that they'll have at least Chuck there. And like a one out of 600 chance that you're going to have a band. But it was a cool experience. It was a, a nostalgia trip of just going to Chuck E. Cheese. I went when I was a kid and it's a little, it's way different now because then it was like the play areas like McDonald's and Burger King had, but just playing some of the old games. It was fun. And then it's not theme park, but we also went to the John Ball Zoo. So saw some zoo animals. Their zoo is actually pretty nice. I recommend it if you're in the area. I just have a few quick things to talk about mostly things coming back so big news today recording this on wednesday before it comes out was that apparently rehearsals for phantasmic at hollywood studios have resumed uh phantasmic has been closed since the parks closed for covid on march 16th of 2020 and apparently there's a new score by michael giacchino who's done a lot of the pixar soundtracks and it's going to include segments for frozen moana and aladdin so people are happy about that because it's been, as i said hasn't run for two and a half years in florida um, and then another huge return was revenge of the mummy apparently reopened wednesday the day we're recording that's the one in orlando uh it was closed in january for a refurbishment so an eight month refurbishment which is a long time i think like the track and ride itself i think is what just needed it i don't know if they did i don't think they really did any major improvements for like the show scenes or anything like that but probably not there's been a lot of speculation about we're coming up on what 18 years that ride has been around so a lot of people are speculating they're going to change it but i feel like if they just closed it for eight months and didn't probably (laughs) it's probably going to stick around for a little bit more I think it has a nostalgia feel now yeah. that it's one of the most iconic rides there. Like the Brendan Fraser cup of coffee, like it's for the annual pass holder for universal. This is one of the signature attractions that they latch on to. So, yeah, which we're going to talk about the attraction it replaced in our main topic. And then the other big news, also universal related Halloween horror nights starts today friday uh september 2nd so not much to say on it just that it starts today i just want to go and i just 
I want to just find a weekend. It just sucks because like my Octobers are busy. I can't like take vacation. So it'd have to be like a weekend trip. Yeah. I just want to go. Part of me just Dallas just wants to just say, hey, Dallas, we're just going to go. We're just going to do just do the Halloween Horror Nights. We're not going to do really any rides. Just do this. Make it like a one day thing and then fly back. It's fine. I want to do one ride, though. Let me do one ride. One ride. <laughs> as long as I keep my annual pass, that I just keep not. I just feel like once I get rid of it, I'm not going to have like the motivation to go back. Yeah, probably not. Once my Disney one expires in January, I'm, I'm probably just not going to go to Disney for a while. Just the state that it's in right now. Your pass is cheap for you, though. Like mine is, it hits the bank oh, account. It, it's like, oh my God. It, yeah. Mine's like $130 a month. And it's like, okay. Yeah. Still not going. Yeah. It's basically, it, it's every month, it's like one day of us. We should have went. So we need, I need to, like, I guess six days would pay for both of our tickets for the year but mine's already way paid for itself i've been i've done four park days this year plus parking i mean parking would be 120 dollars for four days and it includes parking fully and that, parking. for me depending on the date and it's like they have shitty dates but like halloween horror nights is free for annual pass holders on select nights i think like opening night it's free but i think once you start getting deep into october it's like nope not free anymore for you. Yeah. That's it for theme park news this week. When we come back, we're going to discuss the opening attractions uh, at Universal Studios Florida. Welcome back. So this week, I wanted to do a Universal Studios-based topic because our next two weeks are going to be based around D23. It's going to be a lot of Disney. And then October is the 40th anniversary of Epcot. So I have an Epcot month basically planned, um, except for Halloween. We're going to do a Halloween special at the end of the month, but the rest of it's going to be Epcot. So I wanted to sneak something universal in. Basically, my idea behind this came because I watched a YouTube video called A Deep Dive into Classic Universal Studios. Uh, it was on a channel called Poseidon Entertainment, which has a lot of really good videos about theme park history and all that. And I watched it just randomly and it blew my mind. Like so the stuff that was at Universal Studios the first like five years it was open is so crazy. It's so weird. I didn't realize how weird it was. No, um, no I didn't. I Because I okay. don't know much about Classic. A lot of this I knew. I wa- I didn't watch the second because I saw I watched the video you sent me, but I didn't watch part two. Yeah, I know the main rides, but it's all the shows and stuff. We'll get into it, but the shows are insane that they had. And also, you know, there's a lot of speculation about what's going to be at Epic Universe opening day, and it, it's just fun to pair and contrast properties back then they were using to properties they're going to use now because obviously almost everything is different from opening day, except. E.T. That's really it. No, the Isn't that the main thing. The horror makeup show, right? Yeah, but it's changed. But I'm, but it's still there. It's, it's still, still there, but it's different. Of course, of course, they have to adapt. Like, but for shows, I feel like shows adapt more than like a ride. Yeah, but, but that's, that's I think that that's it. But that's what I mean. Okay, then just rides. The only ride that hasn't changed is, is E.T., which is crazy. Coming from as a Disney fan, that's crazy. I understand. It's, the nature of a movie 
theme park, but still it's insane. So yeah, that's why I wanted to talk about it. I want to start with background information. I feel like everyone knows the, everyone who's into theme parks knows the Michael Eisner story. He was at Paramount and he was in a board meeting where they were speculating about plans for a theme park because Universal, the one in Hollywood was never like a theme park. It was an actual studio. And then they had a studio tram tour and then that kind of became a theme park of itself. Yeah. And it still kind of does the same thing where it goes through different shows. And it's kind of a testing bed for rides that eventually hit Florida. Yeah. Because we're going to talk about the big three on opening day, excluding ET because ET still exists and I've done it. So we don't need to talk about it, but the big three were all basically parts of the tram that they turned into rides like full length rides. So everything is from that tram thing. Uh, but anyway, Eisner obviously then eventually went to Disney and knew this was coming. <laughs> so he was like, let's do Hollywood Studios. Mm-hmm. And they rushed Hollywood Studios to open like a year before Universal did, yep. which is hilarious because there was literally nothing there. Which both of these parks, both Hollywood Studios and Universal Studios kind of had an idea of being a studio, but it never really panned out. Like they wanted to actually film. Nickelodeon Studios was decent for a little bit. For a little bit. Sure. Yeah. I would say that's more successful than anything at. Yes. MGM was. Yeah. Really nothing filmed at MGM. The the big thing I remember is WCW Nitro would film there a lot. Like in front of the entrance to Hollywood Studios, MGM Studios as it was back then. They also filmed at Universal Studios too later on. Yeah. We'll talk about Nickelodeon. We'll get there. But I want to talk about, like I said, the big three. Which, starting with Jaws, the only reason this park was made, or at least this, the video makes you think, is because of Spielberg. Spielberg kind of pushed it forward. His backing is the only reason it really happened, from what I can tell. Is it Spielberg in this in that video? He looks so funny. The glow glasses. Yeah. And the, oh, he looks so funny. I feel like Jaws is probably billed as the big ride, but it went horribly. I will give them this. They went, they really were trying to do very complex things in these rides. And they just didn't have the technology at that time for it. But they they knew they had to compete with Disney. They were right. They were in Disney's backyard. Mm-hmm. So they really went for it in terms of the complexity of these rides and the special effects and all that. There was a bunch of lawsuits because it's just the, it was a water ride, you know, it was a boat ride and it affected the computers were not waterproof, even though, the company claimed that they built them to be waterproof. And from the sounds of it, the first two months of the park being open, it opened in June of 1990, they had to basically evacuate the ride almost every day. Like it was that bad, uh, which is crazy. Uh, so they closed it in August and got a different company to basically completely redo the ride. The original ride's hilarious because there's videos, like they would have the skipper shoot a harpoon at the shark and the shark would break yeah. up into a bunch of pieces which I don't understand the, how that works. The pieces have to be collected and then come back together. And they wanted it to like drag the boat and that barely worked, that effect of the shark dragging the boat around. But uh, it reopened two and a half years later. So it was, I think it was closed for over two years, which is insane for like the signature attraction to not even be open for that long. So the story was kind of funny because it takes place after the movie. So it's like the idea is... Welcome to Amity. This is where the crazy you know, shark attack happened and it's not going to happen again. Don't worry. And then of course, in the ride, it happens. Yeah. And then 
I've listened to podcasts about it before, and apparently it costs over $2 million a year in gas to run it. Obviously, it closed because Harry, Harry Potter. Potter. Yeah. But also, it just wasn't feasible anymore. I think during the recession, I think it just got insane. A lot of the effects they just didn't do because of the price of gas at that time. Like I said, I give them credit. It was very ambitious. It just... yeah. I did the ride. I just don't remember it. I was young. Yeah. Yeah, I guess not that young. I was 13, 12, 13 years old. Yeah. But it's at this point, when you're 20 years almost past it and you did it one time. But it is funny that the little Easter eggs or like you have the. In Diagon Alley, you have the little talking heads that sing the song from Jaws. You have the shark mouth or whatever in one of the shop windows and then in the bathroom that's right in that area it still plays from that because it was amity the whole land or whatever but it still plays like 70s rock songs in this bathroom that's by diagonally it makes no sense why this bathroom has is playing rock music all the time but it's just stuck in the jaws time period <laughs> the other there well there's two others but this is kind of the biggest of the other two is confrontation so this was a Another extended version of a part of the Hollywood tram tour. It's based on this 1976 King Kong film, which wasn't very popular. So it was weird that they based it off that, but it was the most recent at the time, I guess, which starred Jessica Lange and Jeff Bridges. This one was crazy. So the idea is you are on a subway train or whatever to Roosevelt Island, which is like this random island in New York City. Um, and of course, King Kong attacks it. The biggest part of the ride is there's two King Kong animatronics that are huge. Uh, they're 39 feet high with a 54 foot wingspan. One, I think weighed 13,000 pounds. The other weighed 8,000 pounds. It was like a Yeti thing where it's, it had the technology had it like 62 different movements that it could do. Uh, of course, it didn't work a lot of the time and the ride broke down a lot, not as much as jaws, but it still broke down a lot. And there was power outages that caused it to be down a lot. I don't think it's as known that the first five to 10 years of universal was not well received because of this, because all of its main attractions for the most part were broken down constantly just because how, how ambitious they were. Oh yeah. Opening day is funny because I guess the computers completely malfunctioned and they had to have people in the control rooms like manually controlling the king kong which sounds like a nightmare yes it does <laughs> they had to work though all day controlling this insane huge animatronic i alluded to it earlier this closed in 2002 and they replaced it with red revenge of the mummy which opened in 2004 yeah so i missed this ride because i went in 04 yes oh but of course not as sad because there is king kong representation in the other yeah and I've talked about it before, but I can't remember. Have you done Skull Island? No, it's the one thing I didn't do, really. That wasn't a roller coaster. Last time I went. Because the like it's the same. I've told you, like it's the same ride system as Fast and Furious, but it's so much better. Yeah, yeah. And the animatronic at the end is just really good. Yeah. I mean, it's only in there. Like, it's in the ride for about five seconds, but it's a good five seconds. The third big ride was Earthquake. That was another part of the Hollywood Tram Tour. is based on the 1974 film. Uh, it was basically, it was a 20-minute simulation of an 8.3 magnitude earthquake. This one also was broken down a lot. 
because of power outages. They changed it to something called Disaster in 2007. In the video, there's this crazy part where there's a Christopher Walken hologram talking to you, which was insane. <laughs> yeah, I I never did the when it was the the rebrand disaster, of Disaster. Yeah. But I remember like this is one of the few things I do remember from my trip in 2004 is earthquake because like you're in like the subway and there's like the flooding and stuff. Yes. So I do remember this. Yeah. Uh, And of course it was replaced by Fast and the Furious, which we don't need to talk about. Yeah, we don't need to talk about it. Some other things I want to touch on. So we can talk about Nickelodeon now in production central, which is like the front of the park. Boy, they tried to do a tram tour, but it was it was like a long disaster. Yeah, it was like in the middle of the walkway. (laughs) Like it didn't make sense. And they're not shooting anything. So you're just looking at props that they put around the park. Like it just seems like dumb. It only lasted a little bit. I don't even know how long it lasted. But um, but the major part was Nickelodeon Studios. This was where they actually filmed shows, mostly game shows, I think, like Guts and Double Dare and Guessing Legend of the Hidden Temple. Was figure I wasn't figured out here. Too. Figure it out, I think. Yeah. And then all that intro was shot there. I don't think the show was, but like the intro of them like jumping and doing stuff was shot there. Yeah. And of course, it was like a you would tour the studios. Yeah. And, and my family didn't do this, and it was still open. That's dumb. I saw. I saw like the little why not guys or thing. I don't. I think they just didn't want to do it. <sighs> Or maybe it was closed the day we were there. I don't remember. We just didn't do it. Oh, that's a bummer. But I saw the building when it was yeah. still. It's Nickelodeon cell. Yeah. Replaced by Blue Man Group, which closed. So now it's just nothing. Um, Hopefully it'll be something soon. It should be. Why not? I mean, that's. I would love if they used it for something that's actually like incorporated into the park. Because like I n- never did Blue Man Group when it was there. And it always yeah. just felt like it wasn't part of the park. It was its own separate thing that was kind of close by. Yeah, and this is also where there was an Alfred Hitchcock attraction called Art of Making Movies. Uh, this was the funniest part of the video for me because they showed the audience participation and it was a man <laughs> dressed as the killer in the old lady wig and the dress. Yep. And that just made me laugh. To think this about looks so dad. fun for me, though. This is like, oh. Oh, I want this so bad for a show. <laughs> Again, I'm naive to Universal. I didn't realize how much, like how many actors like a lot of the jobs were acting like in these shows and yeah. hosting these shows. And cause there was also the murder. She wrote mystery theater, which became a Hercules and Xena thing later, but there's just so much of that, which I love because we don't get a lot of that at Disney. We don't get a lot of audience participation stuff. Yeah. I want to end it on Beetlejuice. So I don't know why Beetlejuice was such a icon at that time. I feel like he was all over the park. Like, such a presence and i don't understand it because he's so creepy there was a ghostbusters show but the best part was later they would turn it into a street show where for some reason beetlejuice controlled the ghostbusters i don't know why i don't know what the connection is but sure (laughs) and then there was something called beetlejuice rock and roll review where it was frankenstein dracula and the mummy like all the classic universal monsters yeah I don't know if Beetlejuice turned them into rock stars or what it was, but they would sing rock songs. And that was a very funny video to watch. I just love because they had like this and they had like Bill and Ted. They were just so. Oh, the Bill and Ted thing is so crazy that they let that in a theme park. I do wish 
that Jimmy Fallon, once it goes away, would just be Ghostbusters because like you already have the building set out, like the firehouse yeah. right there. Yeah. I wish it would be something Ghostbusters, like especially because the property's back and like the last movie did well, I think. I know at least critically it was received well. Yeah. We just need to move on from Jimmy Fallon. I enjoy the ride, but like well, it's, I think it's it's past expiration date now. When that show ends is when it's gonna end. So, so if he's 65 years old, they're gonna keep going until then. I think so. We have a 42-year-old Jimmy Fallon, and now he's 65 <laughs> in real life. Oh, yeah. So that's our episode this week. Like I said, in September, at least, we're going to be weekly because of D23. So that's a lot of the that. And go listen to our other show. We're predicting stuff, I think, on D23. Yeah, we are. Yeah, next week. Yep. We'll see you next week, Ryan. Okay. Bye, Dallas. Theme Park Paradise is a part of the Unlikely Alliance Network. Links to all of our content can be found by going to theunlikelyalliance.com. And you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ThemeParkPD. And you can rate and review us on iTunes. Five stars, please. Thank you for listening.